Hey guys, quick note, we are now on Clubhouse and we're doing weekly Tuesday and Thursday rooms so you can stop by and we're just chatting parenting stuff in there. Hopefully we can get an actual club going once we do enough lives. So come check us out on Clubhouse. You can search for our names, Eric Smith or Dustin Lopez. Um, my username is uh, the Bearded DJ on there like everywhere else. I'm not sure what Dustin is, but check it out. Also, Patreon, still there. Um, we are going to start doing more lives in the Facebook group, and also we are starting the Patreon private feed for the podcast where we're going to talk about some more personal stuff that we won't uh, talk about on the public feed, just get a little bit more candid, um, and hopefully have some of the patrons on to join us there as well. Um, so just something to support the show. Thanks a lot. Enjoy this episode. Everybody, welcome to New Dad, Newer Dad. I am Eric Smith, and I'm here as always with Dustin Lopez. And that's not what I usually say. I missed the episode number. You already messed this whole episode up. This is episode number 80. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. And this was our goal. This is our last episode. (laughs) This is where it all ends. Yeah, we said 80. We're going to do an 80 and out. 80 and out what was what was the significance behind the number i guess you gotta go out on top baby yeah i guess so what's happening dustin are you feeling well today uh you know the, the last few days have been kind of rough a little bit um solomon spiked a fever um and did we talk about that on our last episode no yeah so like i think thursday night he spiked a fever um we thought it was teething um, they were going to schedule a COVID test for us, for him on Friday. Um, and then the doctor was like, no, like, this is like, this sounds like everything has to do with teething. I mean, we saw a couple teeth, like trying to poke through and stuff. And, um, you know, it's just like, so we didn't get the COVID test. Um, and then that night, Melissa and I started to feel a little weird and then Melissa scheduled a COVID test for Saturday, tested negative. Um, I tested negative on Monday, which was yesterday. I mean, it's just been a real shit show. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Just overall, it was a rough few days. This is the first time of all of. So this is the first time for a couple things. This is the first time Melissa and I have ever been sick in 12 or 11 years of knowing each other. This is the first time that we've both been sick at the same time. Mm. So almost exclusively for our entire relationship, one of us has been able to take care of the other one. So this was weird not being in that caretaker role. Mm -hmm. I literally took every blanket and pillow in the house and put it on the family room floor in front of the couches and just made a huge pillow for it. Mm -hmm. Although it wasn't really a fort because there was no ceiling to it. But it was just like a huge thing. And it was fantastic. We just sat there for like two straight days and did nothing and just let our bodies get better. And we ate a ton of soup. And we, uh, I don't know, it was just like we just did us. And uh, we got better. And now I'm better. I was feeling a little wonky today still, but I think it was just kind of like medication, you know, but I'm not stuffed or anything, so that's pretty good. Um, yeah, and then the kids. Uh, Mateo only had a stuffy nose for a day, and then he was like better. So I think it was just a head cold that Solly gave us. So see how that goes. Yeah, he's still coughing a little bit, but I think it's just because he's still a little phlegmy. Kids can't get that phlegm out like we can. Right. So. But he took to the bugger, the booger sucker, like way better than Mateo did. Did you see? There's like there's an electronic one of those now. Oh really? Yes, by Frida. Yeah. I I don't know why you would need that. It's insane. I mean, I'm fine with sucking out the boogers. It's really not that bad, and you're only going to use it a few times, like before they know how to blow their own nose. Like Mateo knows how to blow his own nose now. 
Yeah, the Frida Baby electric nose Frida, forty dollars. I mean, I don't. I mean, it's a tube with a sucker at the end of it. I mean, I don't know. It looks, it looks like a like a thicker thermometer, like ear thermometer. Mm. <laughs> this thing is ridiculous. You just press the button and it sucks. Oh man, that's great. So I um I heard about this great study. I don't know if you saw this this video um, this week, but um, there's a study uh, of these teachers, and <laughs> this is absolutely hilarious. Um, so like we're we're talking about nose free. This is what made me think of it. Like we're talking about nose Frida. There's a booger sucker and there's an electronic booger sucker. They both do the same thing, right? Mm. Um, end result same. Uh, there was this study this week, and basically there was these, it, like, this was, like, back in, like, the 70s or something like that. Um, this guy comes into the school system and says, I have this amazing test. I'm going to test all the kids, and we're going to identify all the special kids and put them in a, a, a class for, like, higher learning. Like, they're the, the, the better students. They're more academic. They're smarter. So they went in. They did all this 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 testing, and uh, they they segmented a group of children out as like special children. And what they, what they found was, was that they outperformed everybody in every category. Like they, their test results were better. Everything was better. So, you know, naturally the teachers think, Oh, you know, like these kids are just smarter. Well, in actuality, the test was bullshit and they, they selected kids at complete random. Okay. And what they found was the reason for doing it, this whole thing, was to find out whether or not teachers would be more patient, would be kinder, would be more invested, would be better teachers because they thought they were teaching the smart kids. And that's what ended up happening. Mm. Isn't that funny? Like, that is so weird. Do you need me to repeat the story? No, I mean, I was looking at my phone, but... I'm just saying, like, I think that when you when when you look at two things that are, you know, identical, different result, same result, you know, this kind of thing, like, I don't need a $40 booger sucker. I can suck boogers myself. And, you know, I get the same result. Some things are not like that. Some things, you know, need a different result. That's all I was saying. Mm-hmm. That's that. Okay, that's that. Um, you, got me hooked, you got me hooked back back onto my my back scratcher this week. By the way, I use it like every day now. Oh yeah, I only use it when I'm in here, and I'm only in here, you know, a few times a week. Oh, look, you got a dog in the background. No, I'm just gonna be scratching the whole time. That's not good for podcasting. No, definitely not. So, what's been going on in your world this week? Oh. <laughs> What was that? <laughs> this is that. Melissa. Um, Melissa said, uh, "Melissa, and you had a conversation tonight about you uh, surpassing her on the Peloton ride list. That's pretty, uh, pretty amazing." Yeah, I've been sticking to it somehow. I'm, even though I'm getting, I'm getting really frustrated with this whole losing weight thing. I mean, since the new year, I've I've been making some kind of effort, at least, you know. And then in the last, I'm just going to look at my calendar. 16. I, I've, I've ridden the bike 14 out of the last 16 days. 11. Do I have 10, 10 days in a row? 10 or 11 days in a row. My My weight is not going anywhere, and it's driving me crazy. Well, weight isn't the only indication. I know. I, I feel better. I, I feel good, right? I don't think that I look better and I don't weigh less. But are you only doing cardio? Yeah, currently. Okay. So, can, you know, set a goal for another, you know, two and a half weeks or four weeks or six weeks of cardio and then start adding in some other things. I've been doing this for like 12 weeks. Okay. Well, then maybe it's time to start adding in some other things. Yeah, just really frustrating. I was using Noom, and I just kind of gave up on that because it was just annoying me. Yeah, well, it is a kind of an annoying service. 
Yeah. And I, I paid for it through like June or something. Yeah, that's not gonna not gonna help. So you should cancel and get your money back. I don't think you can cancel like that. I think I did. I got my money back. Can you back up a little bit from the mic and just talk a little bit louder? Yeah, definitely. I can do that. Is this better? Thank you very much. Um yeah, but I'm still I'm still motivated. Like I'm every day I'm like, I need to get I need to get a writing because now I've got a streak going. I've got ten or eleven days going and I'm like, I don't want to break that. Right. Um, so at, at least I'm building some kind of habit. Yeah, 21 days, man. That's all it takes. 20, I thought it was 18. 21. All right. Well, it already, it already feels like a habit because I, like, I, I, I have to get it in. That's good. So I don't know. That's, I mean, but that's been my struggle for years, anyways. But, yeah. Um, like I'll drop four pounds and then two days later, I'll be right back up and I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense to me. What's your sodium intake like? I don't know. It can't be that bad. I'm, I'm doing salads for lunch, usually with tuna. That's really healthy. Um, and then I like my dinner meals are usually a a HelloFresh box, which they don't make those like not healthy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. For breakfast, I'm doing a smoothie. Yeah, so maybe you're actually gaining muscle mass, though. Especially like with the streak and everything like that. Like that just seems like. Yeah, but would that just be in my legs? I, I, I even looked this up because I, I put on this pair of pants that I bought last year. And, uh, they're super tight in the thighs. So I Googled this Pelotoning make your thighs bigger. I was like, they're like, no, you'd have to be doing like insane things on a bike for them to, for your thighs to actually get bigger. I don't know. I mean, that seems you're eating like pretty darn well. You don't drink soda. You don't eat beef. I mean, those are all like really healthy ways of living. I'm, I mean, I'm perplexed. There, there's stuff like people, I won't name names, people will bring in stuff to work and put it on the table in the kitchen area. I don't know what you're talking about. And that's where my, like, I'll, I'll, I'll snack on that. I needed to get it out of the house. Well, yeah, don't bring it to my work. <laughs> well, now it's my work too, so suck it. Keep it in your office. No, because then I eat it. Put it up in the thing. You don't eat the stuff that's in the cabinet, right? Yeah, I do. I found myself snacking on chocolates the other day. Well, I ate your whole effing tin of Jingle Jangle. I know. That went really fast. It was like the yeah. next day. It was all gone. I was like, who the hell ate a whole can of canister of Jingle Jangle? Yeah, thanks a lot. That's where you gain the extra four pounds back. <laughs> Three days to get that thing down. <laughs> But that was all while I was working out, too, or biking. I don't know. You know what you need to do? You need to get sick like I did and just completely reset. I didn't eat anything for like five days. I haven't. I haven't ruled it out. (laughs) When you when you were talking about, you know, when you said you were going to get tested for COVID, I was like, maybe I could use some COVID. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's there's um. There's a website now. What is that? that? Will they send you the flu or something? Yeah, no, they. it's Dr. B standby. So it says hi.drb.com. The standby list for leftover COVID vaccines. And then you click this little button. It says, I want the COVID vaccine. And then you put in your phone number, 440. And then you hit next step. And then you set, you put in the code that was sent to your phone. Okay. And okay. so I got this code. I'm going to put it in right now. Eight. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Okay. And then you hit next step. And then they just put in their, your info, right? So you put in your name, your zip code, uh, your date of birth, um, your email address. And then 
Um, How long did it take you to get a code? I just did it and I can't. It took like a second. What? I, did I put my phone number in wrong? Maybe you put your phone number in wrong. You should start over. Enter the code. We sent your phone. You didn't send me anything. Return to previous. I, I'm not sending you something. Dr. B I know. is. I understand that. I'm yelling at Dr. B. 216. Oh. Should, I put, should I give everyone my phone number? No, definitely not. Wait, so my question is, is am I technically obese or overweight? Yes. What do you think my BMI is? How do you calculate your BMI? BMI. I never really understood that. It didn't make any sense to me. There's How there's things where you can just type in like your your numbers, like your height and weight, and it'll give you BMI, which that seems crazy. Yeah, that doesn't seem accurate. But if I were to go there, then I am technically obese. So I'm going to click obese. I think like 80% of the United States population is technically obese. Yeah, I mean, I'm obese. So I just deal with it. Um, okay, so then um, I am in. Uh, and then you put in your, and then what after that, you put in your, um, what you do as a profession. Okay. So for instance, I'm a wedding photographer and I, you know, it's not listed there. What, what, what which, because there's like three different obesity things. Which ones did you click? I have a BMI of 31.3. Okay. I rounded down on my height. Interesting. Okay. Then, um, okay, so you, you put in um, your occupation. And then it asks you if you live in a group setting. And I said no. And then you're registered. And then basically what happens is... is you don't that, live in a group setting? No, like a group home. Oh, not like a family. What did, what did you put for work? I don't, uh, I don't see wedding anything in here. I'm the night. What's that? What'd you put oh, for it? I, I put none of the above. So anyway, um, and then you get a text message and it says you are the X amount of person. Like it gives you a number. Like I'm the 908,000th person to sign up nationwide. We prioritize extra doses based on local government criteria and your order in line. We will text you when your dose is available. So uh, and then it says, you'll need to respond within 15 minutes to confirm, so please add me to your contacts. And you can basically go get your, go. it'll, it'll text you when there's an extra one available. Isn't that great? Because I just did the same thing that you did. Here's what you submitted, and I didn't get any message like that. Did you put in your phone number correctly? Yeah. No, I, I went through the whole process. Oh, the, oh, okay, they texted you. Got it. I'm oh, okay. What what number did you say you were? 908. 908. I'll tell you the exact number. You're probably right behind me. 908490. That's what they said I am. That's what they said I am. That's what they said I am. No, they said you were the 490th? Yep. Let me see it on the screen. This is some bullshit. Pull it back a little bit. I know I'm trying. I can't see it. It's not focusing. No. It does, man. Put into your camera. Jesus Christ. Look at Okay, I see it. Why did they give us the same number? I don't know. Well, that's kind of BS. I'm going to lodge a complaint. And wouldn't you think we would, like, the number should be based on our location anyways? You would imagine. Not just all over the world or all over the United States? Okay, well, in any case, I'm I'm registered now. Now they all have my information. Yeah, that's really all they wanted. The Jewish lasers are going to really get me from the sky, you know. Hey, 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 hey watch it. <laughs> I was having a conversation about that the other day. What? No, I was I was talking with like I'm literally the only non-Jew at a table of like three people, four, or there's four of us total. And they're like, oh, yeah, the space lasers are going to get us. <laughs> we were all laughing about it. So ridiculous. Anyway, um, 
So, um, I don't know how we got distracted on Dr. B, but I, oh, you were talking about like weight loss and stuff like that and getting sick. I'm glad I don't have COVID. And the test was sub, like super, super probably like, I know why they're so bad at doing these things like in terms of accuracy because no, nobody is going to stick that thing as far up their nose as it needs to be in order to get a verified test like there's it's no wonder that they can't get accurate testing because it's self-swab i mean it's ridiculous where did you go cvs oh what that that's like they're like the least accurate aren't they yeah, I know, but I figured like with with a few different tests from our family, if if we all took the like collectively we took three tests, so it would have to be really coincidental if you all tested negative. Yeah, exactly. Um, if I send you a soundbite, are you able to like via text? Are you able to play it through the the speaker, or can I just hold it up to the thing, or what? Um, I I could should be able to. Um. Okay, so I'm gonna turn this volume up. I wanted to get your hold on. I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Oh, I thought you were gonna send it to me. Okay, hold on. Okay, are you ready? There's something that really bothers me, and it's this. A number of guys have divulged to me that they feel somehow replaceable or disposable. Why do we make them feel this way? Well, here are some pretty good reasons I've heard. For years we've sent men to war. That's going to make them feel pretty disposable. What about in the working world? It's hierarchical. A man might feel like his job position could be replaced at any time. In a family, if a man's role is the material provider, he may feel that any other man could come along with more money and he could be replaced. Whereas a woman is seen as the emotional provider and is inherently valued more. This is even reflected in the unfair legislations we see in family law. And then there's dating, where women have a line of men waiting backstage and an attitude of one strike and you're out. So where does that leave our men? feeling disposable and replaceable, which is just ridiculously unfair. Anyway, um, I there was a part of that the other day that I was listening to it, and I go, you know, it's so funny. I, I think about that a lot, like professionally and all that other kind of stuff. But in the home, I never thought about how, um, how that kind of like the idea, and, and it never occurred to me once before. Maybe it's only because I'm secure in my relationship with Melissa or something. I never thought about the fact that some men might feel like, you know, another man with more money and more whatever could come in and replace them. I never thought about that before. It was just so huge. Like that thought. Do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, I don't I don't think about that. I don't think about it either. Like that was like obviously there's a lot of people that think about that. Yeah, there's people that obsess about that. Do you feel replaceable in in any of your roles in your life? Um, uh, I don't know. Not any any of them that matter. That's even a better point, I guess. You you really hit the nail on the head on that one like what matters and what doesn't never thought about that either like it, it's okay to be replaceable at something that you don't care about sure i think this is stuff that we covered in the enneagram thing also oh yeah because it kind of does relate back to that that's like caring about if people like you or not I don't just, know. I feel like it's slightly different, though. It's a little bit different, but it's also a little bit the same because because it it all for me it all depends on. Well, if I don't care if they like me or not, then I'm not going to worry about. Yeah, I. Okay, so. Yeah, I I just from the perspective of being a dad, I think that uh, I'm thankful that m- my kids are naturally like both of them are see me walk into the room and it's a different reaction than melissa if i leave the room right now solomon like freaks out and that's the way mateo was at his age as well um 
And so I don't, I haven't ever really felt like neither of the kids cared if I was there. It's going to be a sad day when they finally change their tune on that one. I don't want to take it for granted, I guess, is my whole point. Yeah, but also, is it even a good thing that they do that? I mean, they're they're two and one. I mean, it's not a bad thing. You know what I mean? I don't think it is. Yeah, I guess if it persists, it could be a bad thing. Yeah, of course. And it's not like they can't spend time with other people. They're with other people all the time. Mm-hmm. They know when... I'm around though, and they know like when I am around, they really want to like hang. Like you saw it this morning when we were on um, Clubhouse. I didn't see anything. That's well, I know. Way. I mean, but you heard it. I, I mean, I just assumed he was in a in a high chair and he couldn't move. Well, he he couldn't, but he wanted to hang. Like you, you saw the progression, didn't you? Not really. I just heard you like talking to him about eating his food. I think I do that well, though, right? What did did what you heard this morning on Clubhouse was that like? Were you surprised by that or not? No. Or were you in, you were were you impressed by that? N- no, I wasn't impressed by it. You were just being a dad. So that's not exceptional dadding. It was fine. I mean, he was he was whining a lot. Yeah, but I calmed him down. Okay. So that was like a good thing. Yeah, congratulations. Man. I wasn't sitting there like, Hard wow, hands. the dust and dad the shit out of this. I was. <laughs> that takes a lot of effort. And yeah. patience. I'm, I'm well aware. You're see the problem is that with you is that you're like default, so it's not impressive to you. Mm-hmm. It's harder to impress a default parent. Yeah, for sure. I'm also not. I'm also, you know, when I'm doing things, I'm not worried about impressing anybody because this is stuff that I'm doing all the time. I don't need to be. Uh, I don't need acknowledgement of what I'm doing. I mean, I do that all the time, too. Yeah, but you're just asking. How, was I was it? asking because we're talking on a podcast. <laughs> I'm not just coming out and saying it. I don't know. I, my point was, was that. Compliments. You know, this is the thing, though, is that I really am. I really do not. Like we were looking at um, Melissa met with her mom today to look at like preschools. And there's going to be a day where like Mateo's like, Oh, I don't, you know, I don't want to hang out. And like, I, I don't look forward to that day. And if you asked me like a year ago or two years ago, I would have been like, whatever, I don't care. But now I care. Mm. Kind of weird. No, he's, I mean, he's always going to want to hang out with you, but you know, when he starts going to school, he's going to like going to school too. But when he sees you, he's going to be excited because he sees you. Mm-hmm. That's not going to change for a long time. Yeah. Well, I mean, long time. That's all relative. Sure. Yeah. Time is a flat circle. We know that. Sounds good. I mean, long time as in like, he's going to be in his like teens or preteens before he, you know, actively starts not liking hanging out with you. Yeah. And even then there'll be some times where he does like hanging out with you. So you're doing fine. Really, really impressive job you're doing over there. Thank you for the acknowledgement, Eric. Words of affirmation is my love language. Cool. I'm glad you finally understand me. Um, well, I just got the newest edition of Parents Magazine. Who's that, Catherine Heigl? That's Catherine Heigl. Those are all her kids? She adopted a bunch, didn't she? Well, the thing is, of her, doesn't the guy look like Scott Shaw? Yeah, a little bit. I was going to say, from a distance, he looks like uh, Judd Apatow, but Judd Apatow also gives off a Scott Shaw vibe, and yeah, and our listeners don't know Scott Shaw. No, I mean, well, he is a, 
a Pulitzer Prize winning photographer. That's true, but how many of our listeners know Pulitzer Prize winning photographers? That's true. <laughs> um, hey, you know, the funny part is, is that if you get the... Did you already get this issue? Um, I haven't. Hopefully they stopped sending them to me. Well, let me tell you. There is in the middle of the thing here. It says, improve your baby's sleep schedule. I thought I would share a couple of the things from here as you've been battling some middle-of-the-night children stuff. How do you feel about that? Please, yes, go on. Oh, okay. Um, question number one, do you have a bedtime routine? What? Is this just yes or no? Yes. Yes. Do you follow that routine? Yes. Do you prepare the room before the routine? Uh, I don't know. Not really. That doesn't need any preparing. Whether your child is sleeping at home or napping at grandparents' house, we like to keep the sleep environment consistent. I think having a dark room is really helpful, especially for daytime naps. So we start by closing blackout curtains. Then we turn the sound machine on low and set the pre-sleep essentials like a calming baby lotion and a pacifier. Who's who's um, talking here and how old is their child? Jeez, oh man, my words. How old is their child? Well, this is for a younger child, but it, I mean, it's it's still, you know, some good good stuff here. Let's just continue on. Mm. Um. So are you using any soothing products like um, essential oils or um, you're using gummies still, right? Not tonight. Not every night. Well, then there's a little bit of a difference. A difference in what? Bedtime routine. Do you know what a bedtime routine is? It's, I mean, it, a routine is just doing the same thing every night. Yeah, so you do the same thing every night. Right. What does that bedtime routine look like for you? I don't want to talk about it. Why? Because it's not good. Well, then, so now here's an area where you can have improvement but it works <laughs> well it doesn't work clearly oh it works for us just because of i don't uh, i don't want to deal with them i just want to put them to sleep see now this is this is where you're making your first mistake eric okay you got to make bedtime easier and then they go to sleep for the whole time and then you don't wake up in the middle of the night and then you can start pelotoning in the morning. I have been. Well, then there, that's even better. Then you get a little extra time for yourself. And you sleep all the way through the night. What time do the kids go to bed? Uh, you, we try and get them into bed at 7.30. Okay. So maybe we need to start pushing bedtime back to like 8. Why, why would I need to do that? Because asking for 7 to 7 is too much. The sweet spot for toddlers is between 8 and 8.30 with lights out by 8.30. Who said that? I'm on happiestbaby.com. Okay. When kids fight bedtime, it's a clue that bedtime is too early or too late. If bedtime is too early, you may notice that your child shows no signs of fatigue at bedtime and fights sleep for 30 to 60 minutes. So... Yeah, I mean, we I mean we only have one kid doing that. Bo? No, Quinn. Bo will get to bed. But she'll, like if she gets out of bed, obviously he's going to get out of bed also. Mm -hmm. But Bo will stay in bed. Like if she were to stay in bed, she would. He would stay in bed also. Hmm. Um. So then he falls asleep. She now is in the past few days has been falling asleep in our bed like my one of us will lay down with her until she falls asleep and then i'll carry her to her bed last night she didn't get out and come to our room but Bo did at like quarter to five or something which is fine as long as only one of them comes to our bed i'm fine once both of them come to our bed then we have issues 
And I just got this, um, was it the hippo something or other, the uh, clock that has the different colors on it to signal when they're allowed to leave their room? Oh, great idea. Quinn's not old enough to answer or to understand instructions. Well, I think that what you need to do is have a solid week of patience in bedtime where... Uh, where you're you're making sure that they're falling asleep in their beds. Yeah, like, that's just got to be a because then you're you're inviting them into your bed just to, to fall asleep, so they think that that's okay. Yeah, I know, and that's what we did. Like the two weeks before this, we were like either sitting down in the bed next to her, or sitting down next to the bed, or laying down in the bed with her in her bed, and then sneaking out when she fell asleep. Hmm. Which is working pretty well, but I don't know. Then she was still waking up in the middle of the night. Yeah. I don't know. You just have to keep figuring stuff out. Keep at it. Um, We're really struggling lately with something of our own. And that is making uh, meals uh, that are good for Mateo. Um, because he doesn't like a lot of the things that we eat, understandably so. Because we'll have, like, tonight we had stir fry and it's a little spicy. It's really not going to work for a kid. So we ended up giving him some organic SpaghettiOs from Trader Joe's and uh, some apple and some something else. Too. Forget. Oh, yogurt. And then he had cucumber with hummus. But I mean, that's not a meal. You know what I mean? Yeah, but at least he's eating it. I mean, at least is not a good phrase, He's I don't think. Good. He ate um, an apple seed. Did you, did you tell him that uh, apple tree is going to grow in his belly? No. Should do that. Um, Quinn, Quinn loves to eat apples and well, grab them off of the top of the fridge where we keep them. And then if you go to like pretend like you're taking it over to the kitchen counter, she goes, no, don't cut it. And she just That's eats. What Mateo does. He just eats an apple like, raw. It's yeah. hilarious. That's exactly what Mateo does. Little kid eat a whole apple. That is f- so funny, isn't it? Yeah. And this is like a common thing with kids like that age. Like they're they're like, don't cut it. I don't want it cut. <laughs> like you're not the first person I've heard that from this week. Really? Yeah, I was doing a food shoot last Friday, and they um and the girl was like. Um, actually, I, I think it, her husband would actually be a good person to have on um, to talk about food with kids because um, he's a chef and they have like they have things down to a science. I mean, it sounds like that household is run real well. And they and her kid eats like kale and eats like all sorts of really cool things. And I'm like, I can't even get my kid to eat like. I don't know, whatever. But like you said, I mean, it's kind of like. You know, at least he's eating. I just hate that phrase, at least. It just such a horrible phrase. You know what I mean? Yeah, it sucks, but I mean there's they're they're just not gonna eat like everything. It, they're they're gonna like specific things and, and they're gonna be picky and right. Like that's why, you know, at least fifty percent of the my meals for the kids are, are mac and cheese. Right, and with it, we got them really into broccoli covered broccoli with um just a Butter. slice of craft American. Oh, nice so, cheese! Yeah, broccoli and cheese. They, they love it. Yeah. So basically, every meal has, has broccoli and cheese, and I don't know whatever protein we can get them to eat, which is difficult. Yeah. Um, does Bo have any chores yet? He is in charge of feeding the animals and letting beans out in the morning and bringing them back in. It's kind of nice. That's like responsibility. Yeah. we. I mean, we do have to remind him every day to do it, but yeah, we'll figure it out eventually. Hmm. Really just need him to start cleaning up the cat poop in the basement. That'd be great. 
I learned I learned something this week, by the way. I don't know if you have this. You ever uh, notice that sometimes you, like when you're transitioning from like one thing to another, uh, so like maybe you're you're cooking dinner, or let's say you come home from work. This is a really mundane example. You come home from work, and and then like somehow, some way, you end up getting into some sort of argument like right away with your spouse. And you realize, like, if you had just had a few more minutes, then you would have been able to, like, transition to, like, being in, in like, house mode versus work mode, and then everything would have been fine. You ever have something like that happen? Are you, are you asking me if I get into fights with my wife minutes, within minutes of walking into the house? Yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah. So, so... Basically, what I learned is, is that if you can communicate to your wife that, in our instances, our wives, um, that if you can communicate that you have a, you need a transition period of, let's just call it 15 minutes, arbitrarily speaking, and you give yourself that time, and then you communicate that to them, and they give you that time for that 15 minutes then you don't have those arguments anymore because you're able to transition your brain into a different mode. Kind of a life hack. Mm-hmm. Something to think about. Yeah, I mean, even coming downstairs from, you know, in the morning, I w- I w- this is where most of them start. It's like, just give me give me 10 minutes to adjust to being awakened down here when with everyone before, Mm. before I start getting yelled at so I can acclimate to what's happening and respond without being, you know, snarky or or angry. Mm Um, yeah. Cause that's, that's one thing I hate is like, I'm not, I'm not the, the best morning person. Unless like um, there's big plans for the day, like going somewhere, like, you know what I mean? Like going to Cedar Point or getting ready to go on vacation, something like that. That makes me a morning person. But when I have to come downstairs in the morning, the kids are screaming. I also don't want to be like screamed at immediately the second I step foot in the kitchen, you know? Mm -hmm. And that happens, I think, more often than not. Yeah. something that we can get into more on the the private feed once we get started with that. Do you have a book? I do. I do. I, uh, my laptop is dead, so I don't have the book sound. What? What is the book sound again? I'll do it. Okay. Ready? Doobie, 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 books kind of response it thanks a lot well i mean it wasn't good I, you can't recreate the magic you did in that first time Fine, whatever um okay so this book is uh in celebration of women's history day um i have a mother and a sister and a wife and a mother-in-law and a sister-in-law and tons of aunts and lots of dear friends some of which i've lived with um that are female and uh, Women in Science um, is the book that I have chosen this week. 50 Fearless Pioneers Who Changed the World. Okay. This, re- uh, this book was written by Rachel Ignotofsky. Uh, and it's a hardcover, 1429 on Amazon Prime. You can always go to Half Price Books uh, and get it like Eric. Um, but this is a charmingly illustrated and educational book. The New York Times bestseller, Women in Science, uh, highlights the contributions of 50 notable women in the fields of science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. That's STEM for the layman. Uh, from the ancient to the modern world, full of striking singular art, this fascinating collection also contains infographics about relative topics such as lab equipment, rates of women currently working in STEM fields, and an illustrated scientific glossary. 
for anybody with a daughter, this is an absolute must. We must show our, our young ladies that they can do incredible things and that gender is not limiting to what you're able to do in life. I should also mention that this book is for uh, more advanced children, but I thought that, you know, topically it's probably best given the day. Cool, dude. Did you go to um, did you go to the zoo recently? I went to the Nashville Zoo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nashville. Yeah. What's the weather going to be like this weekend? I feel like we should go to the zoo. Um, not good, but uh, tomorrow it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, my sister wanted me to skip work tomorrow to go to the zoo. It's a perfect day to do it. Sixty-six and All sunny. Right. Oh yeah, Saturday's the thirty-eight uh, percent. Sunday looks good. Fifty-one. Sunday looks 39 for me. What? Are you in the right city? I'm in North Ridgeville. And you're going to be at 51 and I'm going to be at 39. 51 on Sunday, it says. I have 39. That's bullshit. That's kind of crazy. Let's check Cleveland, Ohio. 47 for Cleveland. What does the West Side got going on that day? Mm. Sorry, dude. Well, in any case, a couple of big uh, things coming up. Uh, preschool enrollment, swimming lessons will pick back up, um, and uh, lots of lots of uh, couponing. That's that's the next big one, Eric. Coupon? Yep. You say coupon? 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 You say coupon. I'm saying what you're saying. I don't understand. You say you say coupon. Yeah, coupon. Yeah, I say uh, coupon. Okay, so if if Napoleon's army decided hey, to overthrow him, what would they be doing? That's what. But you can't I, relate I, words like I'm that. I'm just wondering what it what it would be if there was an overthrowing of the government. Then what would it be called? A Q. <laughs> Can you say that one more time? I mean, coupon wasn't named for coups. Yes, it was. What? Because you're... Okay. Do I need to go through the entomology of the word coupon? Uh, you need to go through the entomology of the word entomology because I don't think that's a word you wanted to use. And en, en, Entomology? Yeah, entomology. Branch, oh, no, that's not at all. Etymology. Et, etymology? The or, Etymology. I should Et just go with origin. Etymology. Etymology. Denoting detachable portion of a stock certificate from French, literally piece cut off from Cooper, cut like, old like French. Cooler. No, it's French, not, like coup. Nope. Yep. It's not. How to pronounce cut coupon. Coupon. Go look it up. It's coupon. Oh, I just, I'm not, listen, hey, I, I never said I was right. I was just saying it. I was just pointing out that you say a different coupon. I don't know but, if that's how I grew up saying it, coupon. But, but the correct pronunciation is coupon. Okay. Because it's a coup. Like no, you're overthrowing, that, like you're overthrowing the grocery store. That part is wrong. Okay. I'll give you the pronunciation, but it has nothing to do with coups. It has everything to do with overthrowing the pricing that you're about to, to, to pay for something. It has to do with cutting. That's it. Just cutting. It was a word for cut. Piece cut off from Cooper to cut. It has nothing to do with the coups. Old French. Culper. French. Cooper. Cut. French. Coupon. Piece cut off. So it is French, though. I said it was French. Then so you then, coupon related to cope or coup is of French origin. It has developed an American pronunciation variant, coupon, with an unhistorically Y sound, not justified by the spelling. This pronunciation is used by educated speakers and is well established as perfectly standard, although it is sometimes criticized, like Dustin is doing to Eric right now. 
Well, you know what they say here at New Dad, Newer Dad. Where can we find Eric? You can find him at the Bearded DJ everywhere. And you can find me at Dustin on the Road. And Clubhouse and Patreon.com slash New Dad, Newer Dad. All of those places. Anything else, Eric? Yeah. No. Nothing? Nope. You don't have anything else to say? Patreon is totally... is is It's a normal way to say it. And actually... There's there's a there's a map, and only one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen fifteen states polled. Uh, it was how to how do you pronounce the word coupon? Only fifteen states polled said that they they said coupon. All the rest said coupon. So and I'm just I'm letting you know that educated people say it coupon. Okay. I'm I'm not debating whether it's right or wrong. I'm just saying I'm in the majority. You may be in the majority, but that's like saying um like there's we've already gone through this, I know. But there's a million things that people say wrong. Um and it's just not right. Okay. I'm just going to, you know, whatever. I could care less. This pronunciation was favored in 36 states. Meanwhile, the states offering coupon. Did you get my last thing that I said there or no? What? I said I could care less. Okay. But it's but that's wrong. I know. People are supposed to say I couldn't care less. All right. Congratulations. It was a good pun. That's not a pun. Yes, it is. Just like for all intensive purposes. That is also not a pun. I'm kidding on that one. The other one was. It was a pun in context because I, I, I could say I could care less. That, But that isn't what a pun is. A pun is a play on words. Right, because it's the wrong words. You were just being funny. That's not a pun. Well, it's kind of punny. No, it isn't punny at all. It's kind of funny. It could be funny, but it wasn't a pun. Well, it could have, should have. You did have a class on puns, I know. You didn't get that one either. It's it's could have, should have, not could have, should have. See? I, I'm- I'm just all things that people all things that people say wrong. That also wasn't a pun, just so you know. Okay, well, did you tell people to read a book to their kids yet? No, not yet. We really need this nipped in the butt. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what they say here at New Dad, Newer Dad: Be a dad, be a real dad. Read a book to your kids. Bye.